true, real, raw, transparent wisdom. Welcome to Transparent Wisdom, where you will find true inspiration to overcome the battles that live deep down inside you. Listen to raw and unfiltered stories of some of life's toughest moments while also enjoying some good laughs. Gain the encouragement and confidence to live the life you deserve. The following is for mature audiences only. It is not professional advice and should not be taken as such. Topics may be triggering, so listen at your own risk. And now, gifting you with her power of authentic vulnerability and transforming wisdom, your host, Becky Greenhagen. Hello and welcome to Transparent Wisdom. I appreciate everyone tuning in right now. This is my very first show, so I hope you enjoy. And I just want to give everyone a forewarning again that there may be triggering topics discussed in this episode. So before we jump in, I just want to give a big, big thank you to all of my loved ones and friends and people in the community supporting me. And let's get into it. First episode, Born into Chaos. So I was born in Omaha, Nebraska during 1984. I'm a Virgo. Anyways, there's my mom and my dad, and then there were four children. There's my older sister, older brother, me, the middle child, and my little sister. Now my older sister was not my father's child, but my father raised her. And we lived in this little tiny white house together as a family. And I have a lot of fond memories in that house, you know? We would camp out in the backyard together, pitch tents with the neighbors that shared backyards with us and cook up our kebabs and swim in a big horse tank in the backyard. And it's always watching my dad work on things. He was a welder and always working on the cars and his little workshop in the basement. I was always up under him and I mean, one time he built us the coolest little clubhouse. It was like a legit little tiny house on the side of the garage. It had doors and screen windows and everything in there. And, you know, we'd go fishing a lot and play outside all the time. And I was just always up under him. I was a daddy's girl. And unfortunately, I don't really have too many memories of me really bonding or connecting with my mother during this time. I mean, I have memories of her in the house, you know, like she would always give us dry rice to play cooking with. She'd give us pots and pans and spoons to pretend we're cooking and stuff. But I never really bonded with her and I believe that was because I was such a daddy's girl and her and my dad had issues, you know. Um, my daddy was a meth addict and he liked his cocaine as well and my mother liked her alcohol and I believe you know she used it as a way to escape his rage he could become a very angry man and those are the memories that stuck with me you know I have a lot of good ones you know anytime I hear classic rock playing I always think of that house and 
the music playing through the house or outside while he's working in the garage. And I was always jamming out, you know, and it's always funny. I, it's different songs that I would sing. They bought me this little red guitar with a little amp and microphone, and I'd just be the rock star of the house. You know, I'd be in there singing all the wrong lyrics to songs and everything. One of my favorites was uh, Skid Row's uh, 18 and Life. You know, I would get on that little red guitar and Ricky was a young boy. He had a heart attack. And I didn't know it was he had a heart of stone. But I was always messing that one up or I would be in the in the car jamming born in the new USA. And my dad's like, it's supposed to be USA. That's our country born in the USA. And I'm like, no, it's born in the new USA. And a real funny one, man. Y'all don't hate me for this one. But pour some sugar on me. I never knew that it said pour some sugar on me. A deaf leopard. Until I was like 23 years old. I always thought it said, Welcome to Bombay. <laughs> I always thought it said, Welcome to Bombay. Not pour some sugar on me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but I was always jamming to songs, you know. Bad of the bone. I thought I was a stuff, but rock music is definitely, definitely a bonding between my father and my mother. That was probably one thing I did bond with her over is music. And, um, you know, we had, we had great times, but what I wanted to talk about is the struggles that. I went through during that time as well. Um, I have quite a few memories, but there are three stories that I wanted to share with you of the ugly side of my father, you know, and the trauma that I went through during that time. So one of the stories that I want to share with you was it was around my birthday and I don't think it was on my birthday. And I think that's why the fight broke out because it was unexpected and you know, something, some tension between my mom and dad, but my dad had come through the door and he had a little cake in his hand and hey honey. And he's all excited to give me this cake. And I was just like, yay. Wow. Wow. Yay, daddy. And we went in to the kitchen where there's a little table against the wall. And my dad and I sat at the table. My mom was standing up on the side of it. And he was trying to focus on me, but there was clearly a problem with my mom. And I don't know what was being said or what happened. I was just focused on this little white cake. And all of a sudden, this little precious cake that I couldn't wait to get into goes flipping up in the air, splatting everywhere. My dad jumps up out of that chair so fast. And next thing you know, their bodies are all over the house, flying against the walls, in this room, in that room, back by the back door, back into the dining room. I mean, they were just going at it. And my mom was tough. I mean, she's still tough, but she was welling on him, you know, and they were just going at it. And he grabbed a filleting knife. And I'll never forget what that little knife looked like. And he, you know, started going after with the after with this knife. And I just remember my heart just pounding and just hoping like, please don't kill her. Please don't kill her. And my brother and sister 
were always running and hiding. I don't, they were never around when these fights broke out, but I was always right there trying to fight him off of her. And I just remember chasing them through the house and he's just swinging this knife. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the marks that were left in the wall were from him trying to intimidate her. But I just remember always seeing these holes and these slashes in the wall and in the wood by the back door where you know he was attempting to stab her and was fighting with her with this knife and I don't recall if she ever got stabbed or cut up at all but that was a very disappointing moment for me and another time another fight broke out and my parents had a lot of their little party buddies over and my dad's brother was over and all I remember is he starts arguing with my mom and he chases her outside and I run out there after them and he ran her down and threw her to the ground and straddled her and he put his knees on top of her arms so she couldn't lift her arms up and he's just pounding and welling on her face and nobody was moving nobody was doing anything and I'm just like what is happening like help somebody do something and everybody just stayed out of their business all the time so whose job was it to break up this fight my little butt I was maybe four or five years old but I remember running and just grabbing on his long black hair and trying to scratch his face and punch him and dig my fingers in his eyeballs and nothing was helping and he's just tossing me off of him you know pushing me back and he's just pounding on her nobody's helping and finally you know I looked to my left and there was a flower bed right there that was circular you know around the flower bed were these huge stones and they were huge and I just remember just struggling so hard to pick up this huge giant rock and I managed to pick it up and I lifted it up over my head and I ram and I crashed it right on top of his head and it did knock him over and help my mom it gave her the moment to get up and run away and the look in his eyes when he looked at me was like you ugh, like he was so angry at me but I knew that he caught the look I was giving him back daddy's little girl looking at him like you just lost my respect and he told me during these times that I would shut down I wouldn't talk to him for days and the more frequent these fights got the more I would shut down and the longer I wouldn't speak to him and you know the last big fight that I remember between them was a time where I had an earache which I got frequently and I would get this ooze over my eyes and stuff and it was always my dad I never recall my mother helping me with this it was always my dad putting warm cloths on my eyes and wiping the goo out of them and he would blow smoke into my ears to ease the pain and I was laying on his lap we were laying on the couch and I was laying on my side I mean laying on my side so he could blow smoke in my ear and you know my mom hadn't come home yet she wasn't home when he got home so he was already angry we didn't know where she was at and while we're laying there in the middle of the night boom the door busts open and there's my mom walking through the door just she had jeans on and I remember they were unbuttoned and unzipped 
She didn't have shoes on. She was all dirty and she just had a bra on and she was filthy drunk. And I just remember her yelling that she had just slept with our neighbor, but she said it in a very explicit way, you know? And my dad said something to her and it made her angry and she flipped the coffee table over causing the hot tea that he had on the table to fly on us and that sent him into a rage he jumped up so fast and went right after her i mean he clocked her so hard she fell down right under my feet on the floor i was sitting on the couch and her head was right below me on the floor and i just remember just watching him just stomp and stomp on the back of her head her bones just crushing in her face and i jumped up on that couch and now i'm about you know height level with him and i'm punching and scratching and digging my claws and climbing up his back and pulling his hair and pulling his eyelids and just trying my best to get him to stop but he just was in such a rage and he just grabbed me and he threw me off of him onto the couch and by the time I had gotten up to go back at him, he had had her up already, dragging her to the front door. And he walked her to the front door onto the front porch. And I ran over to that front door. And right when I got to that edge, I saw him grab her hair with one hand, put his fingers in the belt loops in the back of her pants with the other hand. And he picked her up like a rag doll and threw her off the porch and she just went flying in the air i mean I, it feels like it was slow motion you know she just went and just bam and just landed flat on her face on that cement and there's no movement nothing left of her she's just there and my dad looked over at me and when he realized that i just saw what he did and i'm just frozen he hurried up and ran to me and, you know, got to get me in the house so I didn't look at her anymore. And he said I shut down for two weeks and did not speak to him for two weeks after that incident. But I didn't see her for the rest of that night or the next day or the next day or the next day. And I just remember after her not coming back home the first day, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm not talking to my dad. We're not talking. So I'm sitting up like, is my mom dead? Like, I don't know. And I just remember I would wake up when the sun came up and I'd run outside to that sidewalk where her body was laying and there's blood still dried all over the sidewalk. And I would just sit there for hours and just rub my fingers over her blood, thinking that that was my last memory, last connection I had to her. And then one day I walked in the door. I don't know if it's coming from school or where I was coming from, but I walked in the door. I think it was about three days later. And there she was sitting on the couch. Bandages all over her face, broken nose, black eyes, stitches, just so banged up. And my heart just broke, you know, and I still just like, man, just remembering and imagining the tear and the just pain that she went through and I mean this is just a few times he beat her for years you know there's so many different fights but these are the ones that really vivid and stood out to me 
that I remember very clearly. And, you know, after that fight, my mom and us kids were moving out of the house. But I didn't know if it was temporary, if it was just for the weekend or what. We were all going down into my aunt and uncle's basement. And I was just happy that, you know, she was getting away from my dad. And there was no fighting going on between them. But I didn't know really the extent of it until my dad showed up. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. But it was peaceful. He was just coming to say goodbye and explain what was happening and he sat me down on the couch and he just straight up told me you know he said daddy's gotta go or i'm gonna kill mommy and that was really the last day him and my mother were ever together and you know i i went through a lot trying to process not having my daddy around because he wasn't really around much after that. Um, You know, we started having visits with him. He would come over and see us, but he disappeared for a while. And then the next time he came around, he was driving this other woman's car and living with this other woman. And she was pregnant and he's having his own little family with her. And it just seemed like it happened so fast. And it was this whole new world and this whole new life that I had to get used to. You know, and before that, you know, I would hang out with him a little bit here and there. And I mean, he was chasing these women around and doing different things and I wasn't having it, you know. But it wasn't easy during that time. But, um, you know, as an adult, I can look back on my parents during that time. And I'm speaking just on those times because there's a lot of other pain and things that happen throughout life that I had to process differently. But for this particular time frame in my life, you know, I always say that, you know, my father was very broken and he started using drugs and things to mask his pain at a very young age. I think he said he was around 19 years old. And he went to prison at a young age, around, you know, as earlier early years. And he was very, very um, badly abused as a child. And I know still today, into his late 60s, he's still suffering from that. And his rage came from that towards women. He always was abusive towards women. He wasn't abusive towards me, and I'm not sure what the extent was with my siblings, but he's never, ever, ever come at me that way. I have very fond memories of him as a father towards me, but he was a monster towards the women he dated and my mother. And I think that that has a lot to do with the woman that hurt him so bad as a child. So I know that hurt people hurt people. And there's never any excuse for anybody to hurt another person. It's not an excuse, but it is a symptom of hurt people. And he would hurt and damage my mother. And he damaged her so badly that she would then use herself with alcohol to numb out the damage and toxic stuff he was throwing at her. 
So it was just this cycle of his damage damaging her and then her numbing out and damaging us. And, you know, I get that, you know, I don't blame them for their trauma and their pain. They didn't know how to fix themselves. Could they have done better? Absolutely. But am I going to hold in anger and, you know, these feelings of vengefulness and, you know, non-forgiveness and just, no, it's, it's, it's a waste of time, you know? They did what they did and they lost a lot because of it. And it's not up to me to determine their fate and their punishment. All I can do is learn from their mistakes. And at a very young age, I learned that lesson to never ever be like them and to not make the same mistakes they made. So I knew by the time I was six years old that I was never going to touch those drugs and I was never going to be an alcoholic and I never have been. And I just want you guys to really realize that anybody that is doing anything harmful to someone, there's something broken inside of them. And check yourself, you know, if you're being destructive or hurting someone, look in deep down inside, because it's usually never a surface level. It's deep-rooted stuff from your childhood, most likely, that is causing your behaviors. So take a look at yourself, take a look at others, and have a little compassion, okay? I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I really, really appreciate it. Please, if you have something you would love to share on this platform, contact me on my Facebook. Go to Facebook, look up Transparent Wisdom, Becky Greenhagen. Leave me a message there, and I will get back to you. I would love for you to come on and share some inspiration with the world. Share your story. Let people know what real life is is because we're living in such a fake world out there you know nobody's being real anymore come join me let your stuff out be real take your voice back transparent wisdom becky greenhagen on facebook shoot me a message if you just have something to share you want to get on this platform share your story i really appreciate it join me next time next friday and i will be discussing a relationship I had with my boss. Thank you and goodbye.